Amen. Amen. So I want to I want to start in Numbers 13. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And tonight I felt to talk about because um, as my husband and I were studying, the Lord had put it on my heart that you know people deal with fear. People deal with fear of man. People deal with fear of uh, what people think of them. People deal with fear. Uh, that they're not called or they're not good enough to answer the call or that they're not good enough to, for the Lord to use them or they've messed up too bad and, and, or they're afraid of what people will say. And so the Lord really put this on my heart to minister about this tonight. And in Numbers 13, starting in verse 13, it says, The Lord now said to Moses, sorry, Numbers 13 starting in verse 1, the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran, and if you say that's not how you say you say that, well, listen, I have the mic tonight, so however I pronounce it's how I pronounce it, because I practiced real hard when I was studying this message, so it's 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 gonna be okay, amen, amen. Y'all just be say, I'm glad I'm not the one up there reading these words. That's why I skipped over the whole, because after this we're going to verse 23. I skipped over, you know, all the names of the leaders and and everything, but uh, skim down to verse 23. It says, when they came to the valley of Eshkol. They cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two men, uh, two of them, to carry it on the pole between them. That's some pretty large grapes. You could say that was a land of plenty. You could say that was a blessed land. You could say that was not uh, uh, dry and desert and famine. That was a land that was flourishing and, and blessed. So it says that they cut down these, these grapes that it took two men to carry on a pole. They also brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. And then if you go um, down to verse 25, I'm skipping around because I was going to read two chapters, but then, you know, people fall asleep, and it's, like, kind of hard to come back from that. And, you know, it's very warm in here, and, and I've been told my voice is very soothing. I could just soothe you right to sleep. But, you know, so that's why we're kind of jumping around. i got to keep you alert and active, all right? So verse 25, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel. And then it, and it goes on to say, you know, we've entered into the land you sent us to explore, and it was indeed bountiful. Uh, the land was flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. But Caleb tried to quiet, verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We certainly, we can certainly conquer it. Say, we can certainly conquer it. Amen. Making sure you're still with me. Making sure nobody's asleep. We good? All right. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. 
All the people we saw were huge. All even, uh, we even saw giants there, and we felt like grasshoppers. And if you go to ver- uh, chapter 14 and go to verse 6, because, you know, then they're throwing this pity party. They're crying. They're whining. They're saying, you know, we can't do that. You know, I know God told us to go and scout it out. And I know it's a, it's a great, it's, it's a land of milk and honey. It looks too good to be true. But listen, you haven't seen the type of people there. You haven't seen the type of men there. They're giants. They will conquer us. It's not going to go well. So in chapter 14, Numbers 14, go down to verse 6. It says, two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothes. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. Say amen. It is rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. Say, don't be afraid. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Now, that's pretty serious. When I was reading this, that's pretty serious. You know, they're just saying, we can conquer it. God is with us. You know, you think about him like Pastor Joel Osteen with a big smile. We can do this. We can do it. And they're ready to just stone them. They're just like, get these guys out of here with that nonsense of joy and and right confession and upliftingness. Listen to them trying to pep talk us up. Now, listen, I love Pastor Joel Osteen. He could bring anybody that's going through something, and, and they could leave a meeting with him and just be smiling and just, you know, he's always smiling. So so I, I picture them, because the Lord shows me this in picture, I picture Joshua and Caleb just smiling like, we can do this. We can do this. And these guys are just like, get the rocks. Somebody bring the rocks over here. I can't stand them trying to tell us we can do it. Did you see the giants, though? Because you see, they all went. They all saw with their own eyes. Joshua and Caleb, they were all there. They were all there. So they know exactly. But they're saying if the Lord is with us, then we have the protection. Amen? Verse 10, but the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then... I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. And then it goes on to say, you know, Moses interceded for the people and praying and and saying, Lord, you know, uh, uh, what will the people say? (laughs) Lord, if you just, you know, brought us out and just destroyed them. But I I read all this to say, because that, that, that I I went that, um, you know, how the Lord is saying, like, will they ever, will they never believe me? After all the miraculous signs I've given them, will they never believe me? And, you know, God is hurt by doubt. You know, when you doubt God, that hurts him, right? Because God's greatest desire is to just be believed. It's just he just wants to be believed. He just wants you to trust him because when you don't trust him, you're showing doubt. When you don't trust him, you're showing disbelief in, in what he can do for you and where he can bring you. 
And see, and, and this all goes because you can see that 10 of the 12 leaders had fear of man. You see what I'm saying? They had a fear of man. They had a fear of that giant. So I titled tonight, Are You Focused on Your Giants or Are You Focused on Your Grapes? Okay? Giants or grapes. You could see what God promised you, but are you too focused on the obstacle that it takes to get there? Are you too focused on what the doctor said? Are you too focused on what your mama said? Are you too focused on maybe what your spouse has said or what your kids have said or what uh, your, your, your mentor said or, or your teacher in, in fourth grade said? You'll never amount to nothing, little Johnny. You know, are you, are you, are you more, are you, are you holding on to that fear of man, that insecurity versus what God said? You know, if God told you that you could do something it's not, it's not just to tease you with a, a little, like, donut. I would say carrot, but, like, nobody's attracted to that. So a little donut, you know, a little donut in front of you. Say, come on, you could get it. And then, like, you know, you never get to reach it. Maybe that's just me, all right? Maybe I'm outing myself here, but let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, if the Lord told me, Sarah, you're, I, I've called you into ministry, and if you would have met me six years ago before I had this, like, radical encounter with God, you would have thought the same exact thing everybody else thought is that Sarah is shy. Sarah can't talk to people. Sarah can't make eye contact with you. Sarah trembles when you try to shake her hand. You know, like all of these things. And that's, that was spoken over me by, by many, many people. Many people. Even as, as a young uh, girl, I remember family members, you know, not my family, but, but other, other people speaking over me, you know, I think Sarah's depressed. You know, I remember, I remember that even as an, as an eight-year-old girl, I remember that someone saying, uh, talking to my mom, like, have you thought about getting Sarah help? I think she's depressed in front of me, you know, not even hiding it just in front of me. And you know, like that kind of stuff, it, it has the ability to open up doors for the enemy to come in even as, even as a child, where it's like people don't think like that's a core memory or, or that they're going to remember what you said. But it's like people remember this, that kind of stuff. And so then I could have chose to live my whole life. Well, you know, my great, great, great granny said I was depressed and she was depressed and she thought I was depressed. So I'm just depressed and, and I'm anxious and I'm worried and I'm fearful and it just runs in the family and I got nothing to be happy about, you know, uh, all this type of stuff. But it's, it's what, you what you allow the Lord to break off you. Amen. I could have looked at that as a giant and said, you know what? What's the point of smiling? What's the point of, of coming out of this? What's the point of, of, of being joyful? You know? But I allowed the, the, the Lord to come in and give me a revelation of saying, no, I've called you not only to be joyful, not only to, to be bold, not only to, to walk in that, but to be in ministry. But I've called you to reach uh, thousands. I've called you to reach nations. And, you know, I've heard all this from the Lord, and I thought, I can't do that. I can't do I don't even, like, there's no way I could do that, Lord. I can't even lead people to you. I don't, I, like, I, I shake. I, like, you know, my legs want to give out when I just start sharing faith at, at any point, you know. Like, you know, someone could say, it's a great day. And I could be like, yeah, glory to God. Uh, it's a great day. You know, like, I, 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 would, I would tremble. So when the Lord told me I've called you into ministry to preach, teach, and evangelize, I was like, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, right. But then when the Lord showed me that you have, to, you have to get over the fear of man, 
right? You have to get over the fear of what somebody's going to say about you. You have to get over the fear of what somebody's going to comment on Instagram about you. You have to get over the fear of what somebody's going to, to, to write you. You know, because the Lord can only take you as far as a level of criticism you can handle, right? If you can't handle criticism, he can't take you far. Because, because the higher you go up in the Lord, the more the enemy gets threatened by it and, and send, will send people. Have you ever had that where you just experienced like maybe a weekend or an encounter with God and then someone just calls you out of random and just throws a curveball at you? Like, you know, talking about you, gossiping, drama, family drama, trying to drag you out. You just got out of maybe a revival or something and where the Lord did something. It's because the enemy is, is looking for these tactics to keep you back where you were. Because, see, the enemy's not threatened if Sarah just grew up and, you know, went and worked a nine-to-five and, and never shared the gospel and, and only kind of checked in on Sunday, but not every Sunday, but just maybe one Sunday, but didn't really apply the word, didn't really tithe, didn't really uh, allow the Lord to do work. Like, the enemy's not threatened by that. The enemy likes that because it's just that routine. He could come in, you know, I could... I'm not worried about what I'm confessing over myself every day because I don't even know that my words carry power, right? The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, but if you don't know that, you'll just say anything about yourself. You'll just say anything about your family. You'll say, oh, yeah, little Sarah's depressed, you know, at eight years old, right? You'll just say anything, and then the enemy could just use that and say, well, she spoke it. Let me go in and let me attack in, in that area. But see, when Sarah realized, no, you know what, God has actually called me and God can actually transform me just like he did. He took Saul and turned him to Paul and look he, what he did with Peter and look, look what he did here and look how he transformed this person and that person. If he did it for them, he could do it for me. And see, then the enemy starts to get a little nervous. He's like, okay, what's she doing now? You know, then I say, well, you know what, all my friends are going out winning the loss. I, I want to go try and win the loss. And then he gets more nervous because it's like, no, 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 she's not supposed to be doing that, right? No, she's not supposed to be doing that. And then Sarah gets a microphone for the first time, and she's shaking, but she's doing it. And the enemy's like, no, she's not supposed to be doing that. She's not, somebody needs to send something her way or try to attack. But then, you know, they realize they can't attack her because God's protection's over her, and she's walking in her authority that God gave her, and she's doing what it is God called her to do, and she's speaking life over herself. She's speaking the word over herself. She's not allowing the enemy to come in and distract. She's not allowing family to come in. Any, any words of, oh, you know, you're, you're just shy, or you're not important, or you're not pretty, or you're not good enough. Of, any words that were ever spoken fall off because why? I understand I'm a new creature. I have a new identity. I can be bold. Who told me I couldn't? You ever realize that? Like when, when Adam and Eve had sinned and the Lord found them and, and, he's, and the Lord's saying, why were you hiding? And Adam says, oh, because we were naked and we were afraid and we didn't, you know. And the Lord said, who told you? Who told you you were naked? Who told you that, that you were uh, shy? Who told you that you couldn't answer the call? Who told you you couldn't work that job? Who told you you couldn't minister to your family? Who told you? Who is it that, what voice is it that you're allowing to speak in seeds of doubt? Or seeds of fear? Or, or, or seeds of worry? Is it, you know, like the doctor could tell you, give you a report. 
and sow a seed. You know, we were just talking with a couple, and they, they said, you know, everything was fine until the doctor said and sowed seed of fear, right? And it wasn't even until after, and everything was fine, but they said when the doctor started sowing seeds of fear, we got into fear, and we had to break that off. So I'm not saying that, you know, you have to, you have, but you have to have a, a, a shield up. You have to have a guard up against the world, against even your, your loved ones who just don't understand. You know, even, even my husband and I, when we went to Bible college, we had fam- well, closest family members didn't understand, right? We couldn't share our vision with everyone. We still can't share our vision with everyone. There's family members. We can't. They ask how it's going. We just have to say it's going great. Bless God. We can't share our vision with everyone because we're, we're protective of that seed that God is cultivating in us. We're protective of that harvest that God's trying to cultivate through us. You know, you can't tell everybody the kind of seed that you're sowing because not everybody will understand it. And if they can get you to uproot it, and I'm not saying, and listen, I'm not saying your family, you know, is demon possessed. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Your, your, your mom loves you. All right. Listen, <laughs> your dad loves you. Whoever, who, you know, your aunts and uncles, like they mean well. And it's, and people don't even have to be possessed by the enemy, but the enemy can use people you love who don't know any better. You see, the enemy can use people you love who don't know any better to speak death over you. Or, or to speak doubt into you, or to make you second-guess the call of God on your life, or to make you second-guess, uh, did you hear from God? Like, are you sure that was God? You know, when my husband and I were in college, it was one of those things. We just had to be, we were focused. The Lord told us to sow something. We didn't go around telling people. We just sowed it and, and moved on. There's still seed to this day. He, he has not told his mom he has sown, Okay. <laughs> Because why? Because that was something that the Lord told him to do. Not everybody understands. Some things have sentimental value to other people that, that the Lord can tell you to sow. But not everybody's going to understand why. And so it's one of those things where you have to get over the fear of man to be able to walk into that call. Are you allowing, just like, just like they were, are you allowing the fear of man to keep you from the favor of God. What has God told you to possess? What has God told you to possess? What has God told you to do? What has God said that you could have? Is it a house? Is it seeing your family saved? Is it a a financial status? Maybe the Lord's spoken to you and said he's taken you to a new level. He's taken you to higher places. Is it a ministry? Maybe God's called you to, to a certain ministry to reaching people in a, in a unique way. That's, that's your way of doing it. But you think, well, I don't know how to start that up, or I don't know how to, you know, maybe God's told you you're going to have influence. But you, you have to, like I said before, he can only take you as far as the level of criticism you can handle. So when that criticism comes, you just have to brush it off. When those 10, those ten uh, uh, leaders are saying, you're, you're crazy, we should stone you for, for acting so crazy, you have, to brush, you have to be able to brush that off. 
You have to be able to say, you know what? I know, but I have seen with my eyes the Lord do a thing, and I have heard with my ears the Lord say that he's going to bring it forward. I've heard the Lord say I'm going to have that baby. I've heard the Lord say I'm going to have that house. I heard the Lord say my sister's going to be saved. I heard the Lord say that he is going to come in like a rushing wind in my family. I've heard the Lord say, so that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You weren't called. You weren't called like I was. You weren't. You don't have my calling. So you can't. You can't talk me out of what the Lord's told me, right? And you be cordial. You be friendly. You still love them. You still see them at Thanksgiving. And I don't know who this is for, but this is for somebody. You still have to love people, but you can't. You cannot allow that seed to be planted in your garden. You cannot allow that seed of fear or doubt or worry where you start going home and, you, and questioning, well, God, did you say that? Or God, am I crazy? Or God, did you tell me to give that? Or God, did you tell me to move here? Or God, did you tell me to buy that? You know, whatever it is, you, you have to be so on guard at all times to know that you know, you know what God told me, just like Caleb and Joshua, you know what, God's on our side. Those giants, they may be giant, but they don't even have the protection of the Lord. Like, that's bold. That's bold to say they may be big, but they don't have God's protection. We have God's protection. Amen? Fear is the most powerful tactic that the enemy has. And when you expose it or recognize it, then you have successfully been able to identify the number one thing he could use to take you out. Because, see, the enemy works through fear. The enemy works through fear. If he could get you afraid, it's over. It's over. He could steal your joy. Joy is your strength. But when you're afraid, you're not full of joy. Right? Well, if he could get you afraid, you're not, think, you're not praising God. You're not thanking God. You're not focused on what God said you could have. You're not focused on the blessing because you, your eyes on fear. Look at Peter. Look at Peter when he was walking on water. The man was literally doing the impossible, yet his eyes, it says his eyes came off the Lord. He became afraid and started to sink. You understand, if I were walking on water, and listen, I'm still, I'm a human, I'm a flesh, so I, you know, best of my, my spirit man could come out because I'm like just on fire. If I were literally walking on water to Jesus... What in the world? <laughs> like, well, this is something when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to ask. Why? Why would you become afraid? You're literally in the midst of a miracle. The impossible. How could you be afraid? But I love how it says that, you know, it's, it's not something like, you know, because you may be here thinking like, well, I stopped doing this because of fear. But that's okay because you could jump right back in it right? Look at all the great men and women of God in the Bible who, who let doubt or fear or, or worry come in and distract them. Look at Jonah. You see? But God still used him mightily. Look at David. God still used him mightily. So I'm here tonight to tell you that no matter what it is, if it's fear of man or, or, or fear of, of what people will think of you. You know, some people, they don't go soul winning or share their faith because they're afraid of what people will think. Right? And I'm here tonight to tell you that that can break off of you. 
That, you could be set free from that. You can jump right back in it. You can go right back to the last thing God told you to do. You can go right back to the, to the last instruction God gave you and, and, and jump right in it. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's leading people to the Lord. Maybe it's, it's growing in your devotion life. Maybe it's, it's growing in, in, in your intake in the word. Maybe it's uh, uh, volunteering. Whatever it is that, that you might have gotten distracted from, that's okay. Don't count yourself out because the enemy will come in and condemn, right? He'll say, well, you missed it. Well, if you would have done that a year ago or 10 years ago or, or 20 years ago, then you, you could have been here. But the Lord, the Lord will catch you up. Amen. The Lord can catch you up. The Lord, that word that was spoken. I, Father, I thank you right now. Every seed planted, Father, of vision, of dreams, uh, of promises that you've given your people. I call it active right now in the name of Jesus. I call it to be alive. I thank you, Father, for your spirit is moving over this place, Father. I thank you, Lord, that any dormant uh, uh, talent, any any Anything that you've given people that's gone dormant, I call it active in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that you do a quickening in their spirit, that you catch them up. And I thank you, Father, for what it is that you're igniting in your people even tonight. Amen? Amen? Hebrews 12, no, sorry, Hebrews 2, verse 14, it says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood. For only as human beings could he die. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham, which is us. Amen. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. You know, fear will keep you a slave, but the Lord came to set you free from fear. He came to set you free from, from being a slave to fear or a slave to what people think or a slave to, to this world. In Romans 8, verse 2, it says, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. No, sorry, that was the wrong copy and paste. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So you see, this is all working in the spiritual realm here. This is all, and, and it goes uh, uh, tied in with what my, my dad was preaching this morning of how the Lord ha has set you free 
from being a slave to fear, a slave uh, to addiction, a, a slave to depression, to anxiety, to worry, to uh, everything that this world has to offer. Sickness, disease, all of those things. The Lord came because he set us free. He took the, the power from the enemy. He holds the keys. He says, you are free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. So maybe we, you need to go home tonight and ask the Lord if there's something in your life that just needs a check, that just needs a correction. Lord, what, what is it that I could just take a, a, need a correction for? Evaluate yourself. Is it, is it the way I'm speaking? Is it the way I'm, I'm thinking? Is it the way I'm, I'm treating people? Is it the way I uh, treat my family? Is it the way I, uh, like, is there anything in my life that's displeasing to you, God? Is there anything in my life that, that may have opened up a door to this, to this fear? Is there anything in my life that may have opened up a door to doubt? And if so, Father, I pray that you root it out. Go home and evaluate yourself. And understand that these things are all spiritual. How he's talking about fear. You know, fear is a spirit. These, this, is a, this, is a, this isn't something that, you know, you just kind of talk yourself out of or, or you know, you uh, put on some worship music and just sit there and, and just sit in your chair and just kind of like, okay, well, you know, this isn't, this isn't that kind of thing. It's spiritual matter. It's a spiritual matter. There's a spirit, you know, if you could open up your spiritual eyes and see the tactic of the enemy and see, and once you expose it, he has, it's, it's very hard. Like, just like how the enemy, you know, if he hits me with something, tries to hit me with something, I should say, I, I could call it from a mile away. You could smell that out from three miles down the street. You could say, you know what, something about this, something about this. It may seem like this in the natural, but something about this is, it, I could see it in the spirit. I could call this out. You know what, this is just the enemy trying to distract me. You know, this, this, this is just the enemy trying to persuade me. You know, this is just the enemy trying to get me to doubt. When you're believing for financial break, uh, breakthrough and you get three bills in the mail that you didn't even know like existed, Right? And you're just thinking, like, what in the world is this? Lord, I was just, I just sowed a seed, Father, believing. And, and, and the next day, you got bills in the mail. I want to tell you something. You could call that out. Because some things like that, that, are, that you know, not, not, things don't just happen, okay? There will be opportunity. When you, and, and even in, in, in it, no one's exempt because it's normal in life to be challenged, but it's unscriptural to be defeated. No one is exempt, right? But you have to overcome the challenge because if the enemy can, if you can stand here and say, and preach on healing or minister healing or believe for healing and get healed and then go home and then a symptom tries to come on you, you have to be rooted and say, no, I'm not getting in fear. I am healed. At this altar, I was healed. You have a point uh, of contact and say, Lord, this night on this day, you set me free from this, and I refuse to allow it back into my life. And when I got that revelation that symptoms are just like 
reminders to use your faith, to, to, to remain in, in, in what it is that God's called you to, to do or to, be, or to be or, you know, whatever it is, symptoms of any kind. Anytime a husband and I feel that, because we don't get sick. We don't allow sickness to come on us. We don't allow sickness into our house. But anytime even a symptom comes, it's like, oh, you're going to try that? You're going to try that? You're going to try to put that on us? You're going to try to put us through that sleepless nights? I don't think so. So whatever it is, whether it's maybe the Lord's spoken to you, and he said he has something for you, and you got in fear or doubt, or disbelief. Maybe he gave you a promise and, and you feel, you know what, that's unattainable. You know, like I said in the beginning, God's biggest thing is he doesn't want to be doubted. He just wants to be believed. He just wants you to trust in him. He wants you to trust in him that he's going to grow that business. He wants you to trust in him that he's going to uh, uh, heal your, your family, your loved ones. He's going to protect your home. That he's going to provide for you. The biggest thing uh, that I see in people is that they don't think God will provide. We see so many people talking about gas prices going up and inflation and food. And it's almost like discouraging because it's like, who cares? I serve the God of more than enough. I serve the God. I would serve Jehovah Jireh. You think God was surprised? Oh, gas is going up $7 a gallon. Well, Sarah, you know, I didn't know that was going to happen. So, you know, I, I, I could check my resource room, but I don't know. Like, God, that's just, nothing surprises God. Nothing sur takes God by surprise. You think ex those bills in the mail that came, you think that took God by surprise? Absolutely not. But he's looking, do you trust him? Do you believe him? You know, my husband, I, I, I know he was probably sharing earlier, but, like, we, we were so in seed, right? And it was by faith. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was large and, and, and hefty and had some weight to it. And, and it was by faith that, you know what, God, we believe you. We believe that you're a provider. We believe that you're a God of more than enough. We believe that, we, that any seed we give is just, is just going to be pressed down, shaken together, running over, coming back to us, right? And now it's easy to do that. And then you go home two hours later and, you know, you're sitting there and maybe you're watching TV or something. And you're thinking, like, did I hear God? But you don't ever let that come out of your mouth, right? You don't ever let that, that seed that of, of doubt come out of your mouth. And let me tell you, it, it's, it has, this year alone has shocked us, but not in, like, a disbelief shock, but just, like, an awe. Just, like, a, we're in awe of, like, what God does. It's, like, we've, we've realized that giving works, that sowing seed works, that trusting in God works. And it's like, it, we can't even get it out, out of our account fast enough before it's back and, and multiplied, right? And because we've seen that happen, that's why we, we always, you know, encourage people, well, are you sowing seed? Are you tithing? Like, is there any, you know, because it says when you tithe, the, the, the Lord rebukes the devourer for you. You don't even have to rebuke him. The Lord does it for you. And so that's why, but just as much as we preach salvation, because we understand that it doesn't matter how bad the sin is, 
God can bring you out of it. It's the same way that we preach prosperity. It doesn't matter how much debt you have. God can bring you out of it. It's the same way we preach healing. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. God can bring you out of it. So if there's anyone here tonight, and this is how I felt the Lord, what I felt the Lord put on my heart, is that, you know, fear is fear. Just like faith is faith, it, 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 it's, it can start small and it grows. Fear can start small and, and before you know it, you, you could become riddled with uh, just a wreck, a nervous, a nervous wreck, losing your hair, you know, emotional roller coaster. And I want to come into agreement. If you felt at any point tonight while I was speaking that, you know what, a door has been opened to fear or a door has been opened to doubt or a door has been opened to disbelief, a door has been opened to uh, depression, a door has been opened to uh, worry or anxiety or a door has been, you know, if, you, if at any point tonight that you felt that, I felt the Lord say, to pray with you tonight, to one, cast that fear off, and two, come into agreement with you. Because I want to tell you something that it doesn't matter at what point it came in. It doesn't matter if it was five years ago, five minutes ago, ten years ago. Like you have the power to uproot that seed out of your garden. You have the power through Christ to take that out. So maybe you have a fear of what people uh, uh, talk, uh, you know, think about you. And, and, and that's why I, I'm so, like, diligent in this because no amount of fear is okay to have. You know how the world will say, well, you know, I have a, a healthy level of fear uh, or I have a healthy level of worry. Like, that's not healthy. No amount you're not allowed to fear. You're not allowed to worry or doubt. There is no healthy amount of it. There's no healthy amount of anxiety, okay? <laughs> well, you know, if I wasn't anxious, then I wouldn't be a mom. That's not true. Well, you know, if I didn't worry about them, then I wouldn't be doing my job. That's not true. Because God comes in to give peace. He comes in and, and, and you know, peace and rest is the ultimate, it's the ultimate sign of faith in God when you could just go to sleep. You know, your world, it could look like in the natural. It could look like it's turned upside down. But you just go to sleep. Why? Because you trust in God. You know, when your kids are going through it, you go to sleep because you trust God's got this. When you, when you feel like you're being attacked in your body, you go to sleep. Why? Because I know when I wake up, it's going to be completely gone because God's got this. You don't lose sleep over it. You don't allow the enemy to come in and, and mess with your mind or mess with your emotions or put you on a roller coaster. Or, you know, that's why it, so many people said, oh, well, 2020 was a dumpster fire of a year. Not for me. It was my greatest year at that point until 2021 came. Then that was my greatest year. And then 2022, we've seen more happen in this quarter, more miracles, salvations, testimonies, people being set free, people being saved, people experiencing the love of God, financial increase in one quarter than we have than all of last year. 
And, and last year, I thought that was the greatest year of my life. <laughs> but that's how God is. That's how God works. That's what God wants to do with you. That's what God has for you as his child. That's what God wants. He wants every single day to be better and better. That's why it's victory to victory, glory to glory, strength to strength. That's why he he's takes you higher and higher. But you got to trust him. you got to believe you got to believe that when the persecution comes or when the challenge comes or when the giants are there, you know what? No, I saw the grapes. I saw the fruit. I saw the harvest. I saw the promise. I saw the land flowing with milk and honey. It doesn't matter what my house looks like right now because you should have seen the house that God's given me in this year. You should have seen the car God's going to bless me with this year. You should have seen the amount of, of finances and revenue that God is, has planned for me this year. It might not look like it right now, but you should have seen the vision. I mean, I can't tell you about it because I don't trust you like that. But let me tell you something. God gave me a vision. God gave me a vision for this year. And you have to walk in that. You have to walk in that strength. You have to walk in that confidence in the Lord. You have to walk in that. So if, if, if at any point, and I'm not going to, listen, I'm not here to embarrass anybody. I'm not here to, to, to you know, call you up on stage and have you tell your life story or anything like that. I just want to pray. You don't even have to tell me what it is. If it's fear of man, I don't care, whatever it is. But if, if you're here tonight and you could say, you know what, I've, either a door has been opened or a seed has been sown into my life that needs to be uprooted, I just want you to come right now to the altar here. I'm just going to pray with you. I'm not going to get into the details. I just want to come into agreement because where two or more are gathered, there he, are, there he is in the midst. I want to see that thing broken off your life. I want to see you set free. And come here tonight, as you as, say, as my feet touch the altar here. That is my point of contact. So when the, when the enemy tries to come back in, and say, oh, well, you know, you struggle with this, or you, you have this, you say, nope. On this night, April 3rd, 2022, I was at Riverside Assembly, and I was at the, the evening prayer, and that thing came off of me. This is your point of contact. That thing came off of me. That fear came off of me. That fear of what people think came off of me. That fear that kept me from soul winning came off of me. I, I received a boldness. I received a strength. I received a joy. Just begin to start praying. If you're filled with the Spirit, just begin to start praying. Just lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost. If you'd like to stand with us as we preach the gospel and go after souls, you can do so by going to mjvministries.com and clicking Give Now. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search MJV Ministries and subscribe. Thanks for listening.